This is Yehudi Feldman, beginning Perek Chavchet of Sefer Mishlei. Chavchet and Chavtet are sort of a unit that contrasts with Chavhei to Chavzayin in a similar fashion to the way um, Yud to Tetvav contrasted to Tetzayin through Chavbet. That is, in the last two chapters we have antithetic parallels, which is what we had from 10 to 15. In the, in the first three chapters, we have more synonymous and progressive parallels. Besides that, in 28 and 29, the subjects change. The subjects are primarily the government in 28 and 29, and the whole tone of 28 and 29 is much more pious than 25 to 27. 25 to 27 are what are called practical or secular wisdom. Shem Hashem is only mentioned in them once. Um, and the general tone of them is how to get ahead in life. 28 and 29 bring back the old categories of 10 to 15, Sadiq and Rasha, which we haven't heard about for a while. In 26 and 27, the, the two words weren't mentioned at all. Um, the, in other words, the, the force is getting more to the question of, you know, what happens when a person does the right thing versus what happens when a person does the wrong thing. And right at the beginning of chapter 28, we introduced the two categories that we haven't seen for quite some time. The good old Sadiq and Rasha. Nasu ve'ein rodef Rasha ve'tzadikim kekafir yivtach. The wicked are either plagued by a guilty conscience and are because of their guilt, they're running away, even though no one's actually chasing them. Whereas the righteous are as secure in themselves as a lion because they know that nobody could possibly be chasing them. Where does a guilt complex occupy people sometimes in Tanakh? They assume the people are out to get them when the people are really not out to get them. Well, a good example of this might be seen in Chapter 7 of Malachim Bet, where the uh, Aramim, who are encamped uh, to attack B'nai Israel, suddenly pick up and run away, even though there's no one's even attacked them. It's like the rumor went through that there was an attack coming, and, and before you know it, they were gone. And who discovers this? None other than the Arba Amitsara Im Asher Hayu Petachashar. This is the Haftarah Parshat Mitsara. And it's a very good example of how, you know, a person's, you know, feeling that something's not right will get them to go do something, even though basically, objectively, that's not the actual case. Befesha Eretz Rabim Sareha Uva Adam Meidin Yodea Kain Yarich. Many of the verses in chapters 28 and 29 will concern themselves with government. And here, what you have here is a plain statement of government, which is when there's rebellion in the land, that's what Pesha basically originally means is rebellion. Uh, there, are, there are lots and lots of claims to the throne, to lots and lots of people who want to rule. It could also be read as Ravim Sareha, they are fighting each other all the time. But either way, you need one understanding person in order for the throne to basically last in the hands of one understanding person. Uh, a good example of this would be when, you, when let's say, the, the Roman Empire in the 3rd century, every year there was another emperor, 
until Diocletian finally came along and straightened things out. Gever Rosh V'oshek Dalim Matar Sochet Ve'ein Lachem. Another favorite word that's going to be used in this parak is oshek, oppress, which usually means oppressing the poor. So you're going to ask, how does it come to pass that a poor person oppresses the poor? Answer, a tax farmer, some type of middle, middle, middle man or middle woman, someone along the line who basically makes their living, even though it isn't a good living, by oppressing other poor people. The problem with this is there isn't much to go around. So when poor oppress each other, it's like you have lots of rain, a driving rain, but it ends up, in other words, something which you think would be good, but actually ends up that there's no food for anyone. Ozvei Torah Yehabalu Rasha, Veshomrei Torah Yitkaruva. Now here the word Torah is beginning to sound a little more like it was, like it sounded in the late first temple times after the Churban uh, of the Northern Kingdom, which is not so much teaching, but rather the Torah, the Torah of Moshe. Um, it's being mentioned several times in these in the next four or five verses, and the feeling here is that. Uh, People who basically forsake the Torah praise wicked, and people who keep the Torah are the ones who are, can be depended upon to challenge the wicked and say, Mazotasita. And say, Ra lo yavinu mishpat, umavakshay Hashem yavinu kol. Again, talking about the people in the government who are out to do wickedness and they don't understand how to do proper justice and the people who do are the ones who are mavakshe Hashem like in Sophania says bakshu et Hashem kolan vayores bakshu tzedek bakshu mishpat tov rash holech betumau may ikesh dirachayim vuhu ashir better a poor person who walks in a straight path in their innocence from a person who uh, tries to have it both ways. Now notice we don't have here the word derachim, but derachayim, a dual, which normally would not be used except for parts of the body or some peculiar situation like Mitzrayim with the Metzer on each side of the Nile. But here I think what you're talking about is double dealing. A rich double dealer is a rotten character to have to confront Better to deal with a poor person who at least walks straight. Notzer Torah, that's similar to the term Shomrei Torah. And notice, again, I'm thinking here more of the Sefer Torah than just the teaching of, of, of Torah. Notzer Torah, Bein Mevin, and this matches the phrase that was said before, Lo Yavinu Meshpat, in other words, a sensible son keeps the Torah, keeps the instruction, keeps the teaching, but a person who hangs out with gluttons is going to end up shaming their father. In other words, what you're saying here are people who eat and drink all the time. Now let's think about that. Where do we have a story of a man who himself was a tzaddik, but he was always worried about his sons and daughters because they were eating and drinking all the time. That's none other than Eof, who has to go out and, you know, because 
his sons and daughters are eating and drinking all the time. Eov has to sacrifice a lot every day, one for each, in order to get around the possibility So now let's think about this. First you have a bunch of animals being slaughtered to be eaten. Then you have another bunch of animals being slaughtered in order to make up for the possible excesses that will take place while the first group is eating away and drinking away. Does that make sense? That's the point that basically is being made here, that a sensible father will see to it that they don't have too much food and drink in the house. A person who amasses wealth by means of usury and interest uh, will end up giving it all to a person who is kind to the poor. Actually, not so much giving it all. He's gathering it all to one day give it to the person who's kind to the poor. Neshech and Tarbit might mean Neshech is interest charged to get the loan and Tarbit is the extra that you have to pay at the end of the loan. Meisir Ozno Mishamoa Torah Gam Eva. A person who refuses to listen to Torah teaching has no business going and praying to Hashem. Why? Because what's Torah teaching? It's the words of Hashem. If you don't want to listen to the words of Hashem, why in heaven's name would you expect Hashem to want to listen to you or your prayers? Remember, this doesn't say, you know, a person who doesn't listen because they just don't happen to be paying attention. It means a person who deliberately tries to see to it that they don't have to spend time learning Torah. A person who avoids trying to set aside time for Torah. A person who tries to avoid any situation where they might have to learn Torah. You know, that type of person is the person who, you know, has no business then praying to Hashem and saying, oh, Hashem, listen to me when I never wanted to listen to you. Remember, earlier in this parak, we already have been talking about sons who refuse to listen to their father. You know, they basically don't want to understand that type of people. Ozvei Torah, lo yavinu, like, you know, in in the... In, the Mizmor for Wednesday morning, Lo Yavinu, Talachu, Yamotu Komos Dearetz, Mashke Yisharim Bederech Ra, Bishkuto, Hu Yipo, Utmimim in Chalutov. A person who deliberately proceeds to say, to push, and to lead righteous people on the wrong path, he, he's going to fall into the pitch. Chuto here means Shachat, and the Righteous, the, 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 the innocent is more like Tamimim here. In Chalutov, they will inherit a good portion. Again, we, we're going to see many times in this parak the, the verb Epol, that people fall into the pit because of the fact that they're trying to cause problems for other people, and the, their reward is that they themselves are the victim of the problems they're trying to give to others. Chacham ve'enav ish ashir, v'dal mevin yachkerenu. A rich person thinks that they're the smartest people in the whole world. My wife Brenda piped in with the famous Yiddishism, der hat de matbeah hat de And that might very well be in terms of normal life, but Mishle is telling you 
don't be fooled. Wealth does not necessarily reflect wisdom. Wealth can reflect a lot of other things as have already been pointed out in Sefer Mishlei. Furthermore, a poor person who does have some wisdom sees right through the so-called wisdom of the Chacham B'yenav and despises him. This is precisely how Targum Yehonatan translates Yach Kerenu here. Yezalzeobo. Ba'alot sadikim rabat teferet uvekum rishaim yuchupas adam. When righteous people are happy, this is a wonderful glory for the place they live, meaning the city they live in, the, the, the state they live in, the, 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 the type of government that they have. But when the, 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 the wicked stand, the meaning that they rule, then you have to look for decent people. It could also be read as a nifal standing for a hit pile. Meaning people have to disguise themselves in order to basically survive under the wicked government. The person who tries to cover up their sins and their rebellions will not succeed. The best way to go is to admit that you did something wrong and leave it, leave doing it, and then Hashem will have mercy on you. The Midrash, as an example of this, uses Shaul HaMelech for the first part, that when Shmuel confronted him, he tried to say, well, it wasn't me, the people went, made it to it, it really wasn't that bad, uh, we, did, we did sacrifice the sheep, and then so Shmuel says, Whereas David, as soon as Natan confronts him, says, Chatati, and uh, at that point, Natan says, Gam Hashem This is a This is an unusual phrase, though, in wisdom literature. Wisdom literature generally does not push the idea of teshuvah the way, let's say, the Nevi'im Macharonim do. Uh, so you, 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 but it's there, and it's right here in this pasuk. Ashrei adam tamid libo People should always think to themselves about the possible consequence of what they're doing, and not harden their heart because if they do, and notice this phrase, makshali bo is very reminiscent of Sefer Devarim. You know, I'm Kshayorif. If they do, they too can quickly end up leading themselves to downfall. This pasuk is used in a famous Agadah in Babli Masachet Gitin Nunhei, where Rabbi Yochanan introduces the story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa with this pasuk, saying that the, the, the wise who were sitting at that famous dinner and allowed Kamsa to throw Bar Kamsa out of the dinner and publicly humiliate him were not Mefachet Tamid because they should have stopped this and they didn't. And because they hardened their hearts, the whole Jewish people fell into Ra'ah. Ari Nohem Vidov Shokek Moshe Rasha Al Amdal. Notice again, we've talked about different types of you know, rotten rulers. We had Gever Rush, we had uh, 
you know, now we're having Moshe Rasha. Uh, notice also we, we said that the, uh, what are they like, these rotten rulers? They are like devouring lions or bears that are full of desire to have food. In other words, the government that comes down on the poor people, you know, just basically to try to use them to extract taxes and to oppress them and oppress them more and still more, you know, are like hungry lions and base and, and, and this is, you know, something which is exactly against what the Tanakh's idea of government should be. And we're going to have a few other examples of, uh, you know, rotten government as we go along. Nagid chasar tevunot v'rab ma'ashakot sonevetsa yarich yamim. There, Nagid, here is a ruler. A ruler who is busy, you know, oppressing his people is chasar tevuna, has no brains. The ruler who is sonevetsa hates profiting from the poor and from, you know, the same expression that what Yitro advises Moshe to make the judges of the Israelites, you know, those are the ones who are going to last. They're the ones who are going to yarich yamim. And this is another theme that's going to also be is how does the government last whereas a government that ends up being overthrown. Adam ashuk bedam nefesh adbor yanus al yitmechuval. I think here the word ashuk is pointed as a shin in order to go with the other ones that basically talk about oppression. But I think it should be read as if it was a sin. Adam ashuk bedam nefesh, a person who's, you know, occupied with murdering people, will run as far as the grave and no one is going to basically do anything for them. Uh, that's the way government should be run. A person who goes in a straight path will uh, will be saved, but the person who goes in these twisted paths, as I pointed out before, the double dealer, will come to a downfall. It's possible to read Be'echat as Be'shachat. Oved Armato Yispa Lechem Umradef Reikim Yispa Rish. The person who works hard for a living will be satisfied, will have enough food to satisfy themselves. The person who's in a hurry to get rich, you know, is going to end up satisfied with poverty. Ish emunot rav brachot ashir lo The same exact idea. In other words, you know, a person who is a dependable person will end up the recipient of many blessings, but the person who all they're thinking about is, you know, multiplying wealth and multiplying wealth, chasing it, chasing it, they will not go unpunished. Hakir panim lotov. We've had this several times already. Gamevo lachachamim. Hakir panim b'mishpat lotov. That was back in uh, chapter uh, twenty-four. Um, fundamental idea that unfortunately people are prepared to be bribed, even 
by a, a crust of bread. Sometimes when you read the newspapers and you see how politicians are convicted of taking favors, you wonder, you know, how greedy can these people be that they're prepared to risk their entire careers for the bribes the size of which they seem to be prepared to, to, to pervert justice? It, it just seems very strange. It's a culture that's involved in this. Again, notice all these terms about greed, greed, and more greed. The, the, the miser, that's what an Isra'ayan is, is always thinking about, you know, you know, all shook up about money, not realizing that loss can overtake him as well. And in fact, if anything, loss will overtake him because of the fact that that's all we ever think about. Mochiach Adam Acharei I think there's a missing word here. I think the pasuk, the ellipsis is, it should say, Adam and then I think they took out one of the chains because the other one was coming right in and they didn't want to cause confusion. But I would say what is being said here is, that a person who reproves someone else justifiably will find more favor in the in, in the eyes of the person who's being reproved than the person who flatters the recipient all the time. Finally, the pasuk that I think is really very germane to what goes on a great deal in our time, most unfortunately. Gozel aviv v'imo v'omer ein pesha and notice the four Alephs in a row, Aviv, Imo, Omer, Ain. What's being said here is a person who robs their father or mother and says, well, nothing's wrong with that. After all, I'm going to inherit them anyway. Such a person is like a... Uh, such a person is an ally to the destroyers of the world. Um, they're like hanging out with murderers, vandals, people who just, because there's nothing more low than stealing from your own mother and father. There's a story in Sefer Shelter about Micha who stole from his own mother, uh, and then afterwards this all leads to Avodazarad and uh, terrible consequences. But the, to, the, the point of this today is you know, people are living a lot longer these days, and the result is that elderly people sometimes get Alzheimer's, and they don't have, you know, their wits about them in order to be in full control of their finances. So then their children come along to, so to speak, try to help them out. And before you know it, the elderly parent is giving power of attorney to their children in order to handle their finances. And before you know that, the elderly children are starting to help help themselves to their parents' money on the ground of, well, we're going to inherit away someday anyway. Now, this is simply robbery. It's over two commandments that he has to First, you're obviously being over on Kabed of Yehim, and on top of that, you're being over on Lotzigno. You know, and it's just like, you know, it's, it's like just disgusting to see people who can't wait for their parents to die. They have to sit there and help themselves to their parents' property while they're still alive. 
Rechav nefesh yigaret madon uvotech ha'ashem yidushan. Uh, remember at the beginning of the parak we said Sadikim Kakafir Yiftach. Well, here the point being a, a, a person who has everything, you know, often starts strife because they're bored. Okay? Rachav Nefesh means a person who has has everything. Like Bilam was a person who was Rachav Nefesh. You know, but a person who trusts in Hashem, basically that person is gonna end up more favored. Yidusha means you know, fat, but that means with more food to have. In other words, it's better that Hashem should give it to you, but you should have it and then act like you want to start trouble with other people. Better that a person should trust in Hashem, and if we go on to the next verse, Boteach Belibo, who conceal, a person who trusts just in themselves, okay, is a fool, and a wise person will escape, you know, harm. No, Tayla Rush. Ein machsor umalim einav rav meerot. A person who gives charity to the poor will never find any loss from it. Somehow Hashem will make it up to you. But malim einav, a person who tries to make believe that the poor aren't there, that person will end up being cursed by Hashem. This is very much brought to the fore by Navi Malachi, who talks about ba meira atem mearim v'oiti atem kovim hagai kulo, and then says the way to deal with the meira, the curse, which means no food, no rain. Havi with ka ba maaser el beta on sar uvchanuni na bazot amar Hashem and lo eftach lachem et arubot hashemayim v'harikoti lachem bracha ad blidal. And finally, Bekum Rishaim Yisater Atam, very much similar to what was said before, Bekum Rishaim Yechupas Adam. In other words, I said before, that means people will want to disguise themselves. Here the point is, when the wicked stand, then basically everybody else wants to, has to hide. And all of a sudden, when they disappear, when the Rishaim finally get what they deserve, right? Then lots of Sadiqim, finally are able to come out of their hiding places and for, take over the government again, the rotten government that has been oppressing them for so long. Uh, for our listeners, I want you to understand that there is no real break here. The thoughts are going to go straight into chapter 29. The break is only being made by the Archbishop because he's got this program of having you know chapters of about 30 verses long. But as a practical matter, there's no internal content reason for a break at this point. However, we will break and shalom, we will come tomorrow and we will do Parak Chavtet.